Back in my evangelical Protestant days, I played bass in the worship team at our local congregation. And one Saturday, our usual rehearsal had come to an end in the evening, and I had lingered behind with a few other members. We were fine-tuning a couple of things. We were chatting, and uh, I also wanted to be available to offer rides, if rides home if anyone needed them. Well, suddenly my wife came in the door. She found me and said, you need to come home right now. But she offered no explanation. I'll tell you what happened coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for tuning in for this hour of on-air and online spiritual direction, helping you grow in living out your Catholic faith today. I'm your host, Patrick Conley. My wife would not tell me why I needed to come home now, just that I needed to. I was strangely both agitated and comforted by that fact that she wouldn't tell me anything more. Agitated because it might mean that something so serious was going on that she just couldn't talk about it with me in front of others. But also comforted because it might mean something that wasn't really serious at all. So we hustled out to our respective vehicles, and I followed her on the short drive back to our house. In pulling in the driveway, though, I found relief. Our street was strangely full of cars, and it was May, right around my birthday. And sure enough, as I opened the door to the house and stepped inside, I was hit with a barrage of shouts of surprise. My wife had planned a large surprise party for me, which I, true to form, was exceedingly late for. But have you ever been in one of those situations where you just had to drop everything and go? Truth be told, the few times it's happened to me, it usually has been in unpleasant emergency situations. The saint we honor today, St. Andrew, had one of those moments with the Lord right at the outset when he and his brother Simon, both fishermen you recall, were called by Jesus to become fishers of men, and they dropped their nets and left everything and followed him. In seeking to do God's will with our days, our lives, it seems like we can get tangled up in those nets, though. Even if we're trying to drop them, we can still get tangled up in them. Doing God's will is one of those simple yet not easy things. But that doesn't mean you can't become better at saying yes and doing whatever it is God is asking of you. Doing God's will is our topic for the show today, and guiding our discussion is our spiritual director, Father Tim Wishiscala. Father Tim is the pastor of St. Mark the Evangelist Catholic Church in Indianapolis, Indiana. Father, welcome back to The Inner Life. Great to have you with us. Thanks for having me back. It's good to be back. Absolutely. Well, I think one of the first things when I think about doing God's will, I think I just want to pause here at the top and just think, okay, well, it's pretty profound that God would have something in mind for me to do. <laughs> I mean, just right off that, that seems to indicate the intimacy with which God knows us, loves us, and then wants the best for us. That's absolutely true. I think, you you know, that probably something we don't think about much that, you know, God, who is the infinite creator of all things, the entire cosmos, that he would care enough not only to, you know, to be concerned with us, but then want to share his life with us and then call us to something. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. It, 
like I said, we're used to that concept, but it is something that we should pause every once in a while to think of how profound that is and how beautiful yeah. that is. Maybe it just hit me differently at the beginning of the as I was putting together the show in my head today. I was thinking, wow, this it's pretty profound. Anyway, uh, well, let's go. Let's go to the scriptures, Father. Matthew chapter four is running through my mind. How do all of us, in some way, we we need to respond to Jesus' invitation to follow Him? That's that's one of the things that Jesus lays out there for all of us. And some parts of the will of God are universal, like that. Um, James and John in this passage, they get up immediately. To follow Jesus. So how are we to respond to Jesus's call to follow? And what if we don't do so with such a such urgency? Yeah, it's, I think you're right. I think it one of the things that is involved in following God's will is, first of all, is courage, you know, is this idea that to trust in what God is calling us to is, is not only what he wants for us, but is what will actually be good for us as well. But also then the, a sense of a sense of urgency. It's, you know, it's easy for us to think, you know, I, deep down, I know what God wants me to do or, or what I should do, but I could do that tomorrow or the day after or the day after. So I think just this notion of God's grace is given to us and God's will is given to us in the present, not so much the future, not so much the past, but here and now, and the time is now, you know, to, to go where he leads and, you know, to, without fear, to keep, to keep ever before our minds, you know, that to try to do God's will is something I think that, you know, that that should really be the main part of every one of our days. Yeah. Um, okay. Or at least, you know, like the driving factor of our life. So you're right. So, I mean, just like with James and John, that it can seem intimidating or scary that they literally dropped everything and followed him. But I think that's the, you know, it's a, it's a, it's the ultimate example of what God wants from us, which is our right. undivided love and our undivided attention and to do, to follow where he leads. Right. And we certainly, when we're talking about God, doing God's will, I know at least what it conjures, I think, in most people's minds is this idea of, okay, well, how do I do specifically what God is asking me to do? As you were saying, Father, this day, so that should be you know something that we're focused in on. And uh, oftentimes, especially as we're younger, but not, not reserved to when we're younger. I'm in my middle-aged life right now, and it's, uh, there's still a lot of this going on. Um, you know, what am I going to do with my life? What's the trajectory of my life from this point onwards, and what would God have me do with that? But let's before we get into all that, we do want to get into that. But let's, kind of as we hinted at before, there are parts of doing God's will that are just kind of... Uh, I, I'm tempted to say no brainers. I mean, if we're if we're familiar with if we're familiar with uh, with God Himself, with the Scriptures, with if we have a prayer relationship ongoing with God, then there are things that we know. Um, I'm thinking of things like, well, Jesus gave us the two greatest commandments, right? Uh, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength; to love our neighbor as ourself. That's kind of at the central. And there there are other things that fall into that category too, are there not? That uh, that is kind of just a universal. This is right there. It's in front of us. It's part of doing God's will. Right, exactly. And I think, I think for those who you know who are trying each and striving to have that relationship with God, as you said, no brainer. Or you know, there are things that we know that we need to to work on to increase our prayer life, to increase our, you know, our charity toward, towards our neighbors, uh, all those sort of things. And I think for so many of us those things are before us and we, you know, those aspects of the Christian life that, that we know God is calling us towards. And it can get more difficult to discern in the specifics, but in general, we know where we want to go and where we want, where God wants us to go. It's 
much, so much of it is really just a matter of initiating it, of doing it, you know, of not putting it off and, and, you know, realizing, as I said, that today's the day, you know, each and every day that to move forward on those things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think that's right. And so that the, the sense of urgency again, like today is the day. And I think that's a, that's a really good rejoinder that uh, could just come back to that, what you said, that uh, doing God's will is really what we should be focused on doing each and every day. Well, you mentioned the, the D word, discernment. And of course, um, that's going to play into um, factoring in, especially as we get deeper into the particulars of God's will for us. Um, and and specifically, I, when we want to talk about discernment, uh, maybe we should just start by defining it. Father, how would you define discernment? What is discernment? And is that something, too, that it needs to be done on a daily basis? Yeah, you know, so I, I think a simple definition of discernment and, you know, in this context is simply to to um, allow ourselves to be open to what God is calling us to. You know, it, it's kind of difficult to to define discernment without using the word discern, but to be, you know, simply to be open to God's grace and to God's call in our life, um, which in some sense, again, that sounds, that's kind of general and sounds easy, but, but you know, that, that if we start with this, you know, if we have a starting point that we believe that, you know, that, that the very same God who created us is calling us to something and is, is wants to be with us and guide us every day, then to discern that is simply to join in relationship to him and to be open to what that will might be. And it's not so much a, it's not a get, you know, it's not so much a game of guessing what it is or of, you know, of like a, you know, it's not like a trivia question where we have to find the, this one right answer that God's calling us to. It's, it's an ongoing process and it's something, it's something that I think is people, you know, sometimes stress over did I, did I properly discern exactly what it is that God wants me to do right now, or even more generally with my life? But it, I think it's more, it's much more fluid than that, that it's simply about staying united to him and being open to his will for each and every situation, for each and every day. And then, of course, for the big things, you know, the discernment of our vocations and things like that as well. Sure, sure, which we do want to touch on for sure. But let me just pause here and say that our spiritual director today is Father Tim Wichiscala. We're talking about doing the will of God. So is there a time in your life, when was a time when you knew that God was asking you to discern his will, to do his will in a particular situation? And how did you respond? Maybe you have experiences of God asking you to do something you didn't want to do. How did you respond to that? Give us a call, and if you have ways of thinking about, yeah, considering what the will of God is for you and you'd like to share those with others, our studio, our toll-free studio line here is 888-914-9149. That's sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters, 888-914-9149, or send us an email, relevantradio.com. Father, many things that you just said that I want to follow up on, but one of the things is specifically you mentioned that uh, a lot of people sometimes, well, maybe not a lot, but certainly some people, and myself at times have gotten into this, is that did I discern exactly the thing that God wants me to do? Kind of like there's a meticulous specificity to God's will in each and every moment, but I think that might be actually, that can be a, a real obstacle to some people to continuing moving forward in their spiritual lives. Have you ever encountered that? Oh, sure. I think it's a great, uh, you know, especially for people who are trying very hard to live the Christian life and to grow in, in holiness, it can be a cause of great anxiety. Because again, like you said, we might have this notion that God has laid one thing out before me. And if I don't discover what that is, if I don't find it right, then I'm, you know, then I'm going to waste 
<laughs> you know, that I'm going to waste my life or waste my day or whatever it might be that I think it's more subtle than that. You know, it's, it's that God in what we're doing, if we're open to his grace, whatever it is, you know, that we find ourselves in, if it is avoiding sin and doing good, then we will be doing God's will, you know, so discernment doesn't have to be now, it, you know, there are times uh, just to give an example, for example, I think when I know a number of young men who are discerning priesthood okay. as a vocation. Sure. And, you know, they think if I'm not 110% sure about this, I can't, you know, I can't go forward. Or someone is discerning marriage with someone. There's always going to be a sense of, you know, perhaps a sense of doubt. But I would say I don't think we should expect so much to have this notion of, okay, this is 100. We're not going to hear a booming voice from heaven saying, yes, correct, you've discovered it. This is what I want for you. <laughs> I think it's a lot more, like I said, it's more of a process where we, if we find ourselves at peace in what we're doing, if we find ourselves compelled towards something and we're open to God's grace, that's the key because other things can compel us towards things, you know, and if we know that what we're doing is not contrary to, you know, to what the, what we're taught about good and evil and sin and virtue and all that, then I think it's, it shouldn't be a cause of anxiety, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. It really should be something that we work with every day. Yeah, and I think that that I think that that is that that's rings so true when we consider the relationships in our lives that this is this is something that's relational, right? My my relationship with my wife is an ongoing relationship. It's not like, well, I said I do, so, you know, well, good. We're good to go until one of us dies, right? right? But but there's a, you know, the relationship continues to grow and develop and God <laughs> again, thanks be to God, this is kind of uh, overwhelming just to ponder this as well is that yeah, he wants to develop this relationship with us on kind of on our terms. I mean, he's he's there, he's he's leading, guiding, but he's walking the path with us rather than, you know, kind of expecting us to jump through a specific hoop. Let's see if they get this one right, right? Correct. Yeah, because God works with us where we are, just like you said, you know, and yeah. then can can bring about his good and his will in any situation that we find ourselves in or in, you know, if if we are trying to do his will and moving towards that, um like I said, it's not so much a game of trying to get it right. It's much more right. about, you know, just being open to that, to his spirit and knowing that if we are following what we, what we believe to be, um, you know, or even more specific, what the church teaches us is, is good and is worth pursuing. And God, right. in a sense, I think God works with that and his will develops from that for us. And he can keep moving us forward from that. Okay. So let me just make sure I'm getting down some of the some of the kind of fundamentals of discernment here. A, it has to be done in relationship with the Lord, right? And it's an ongoing process. We've stressed that a couple of times. And then what you just mentioned, Father, that yeah, is it is it within the the boundaries of church teaching? Because God obviously isn't going to lead us outside of what the church is teaching um, in matters of faith and morals, obviously in these ways, right? Exactly, and I, yeah. I think. Discernment itself requires a sort of of, of educating ourselves on what that is, you know, on what what the church teaches about about morality or about you know what the what the Christian life is about, because that's the most concrete way that God has given us to know His will for the world and for you know for humanity is His revelation, you know. So in Scripture, in the church's tradition, in the teaching of all of those things, you know, we often talk about that in terms of developing our conscience, but I also think it really helps us develop an ability to be open to God's will because we'll know right. innately what's right, what's wrong, you know, which, which paths lead away from his will and which, and which paths lead us closer to him. 
Right, right. And something else, Father, that enters my mind when I'm thinking about discerning God's will is that thanks be to God, and I mean this, but thanks be to God that we are creatures who are bound in space and time, right? And so there's something about that that plays into discernment as well, right? I mean, I'm I'm not saying that somebody couldn't be called completely to the other side of the world to be a missionary, say, but or something like that. Certainly, God continues to do that today in our day and age now. But there is something about, you know, focusing in on what are those issues, the needs that are surrounding me? Where is God wanting to use me in the people's lives that I currently interact with today? Exactly. Yeah. In fact, I think our God working through us and us us allowing him to work through us with others we encounter or with, you know, with wherever we are today is a huge part of doing his will. I mean, simply being his vessel is doing his will here on, you know, mm-hmm. in the here and now. Yes, yes, exactly. Speaking with Father Tim, which is called it today, Father Tim is leading us through a discussion on doing the will of God. If you have questions about, am I doing the will of God in this specific situation? Well, pitch him. We can, we can see if we can help you figure him out a little bit, at least provide a little bit of insight and a little bit of help and hope for your next steps in the journey. Our, trip, our, our toll-free studio line again is 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or send us an email, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. We're going to take our first break, but we're going to come back with lots more of the discussion on doing the will of God. Give us a call over the break. We'd love to get you on the air as we return in just a few minutes right after this short break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Today, we'd like to thank Deborah, who is listening in California, for donating her 1986 Volkswagen Jetta. You can join thousands of other listeners in donating old vehicles, trucks, boats, and RVs by visiting RelevantRadio.com slash car. That's RelevantRadio.com slash car. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio on RelevantRadio.com and the Relevant Radio app. If you're looking ahead at Advent here and you're thinking, well, how am I going to foster a sense of anticipation for Christmas coming up throughout the Advent season? Well, maybe one way Relevant Radio can help you out with it is at RelevantRadio.com slash carols because we are offering Advent carols of comfort and joy. Featuring the incredible talents of three young choirs, take the musical journey to Christmas, and even travel through a brief history of carols with our free daily videos. You can get all these at RelevantRadio.com slash carols. That's RelevantRadio.com slash carols. Our spiritual director today here on The Inner Life is Father Tim Wichiscala. We're talking about doing the will of God. And if you'd like to ask some questions or tell us how you have discerned the will of God and how you are doing it, and give us a call at 888-914-9149. Let's go to the phones now, Father. Annette is calling in from Austin, Texas. Annette, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling in. Hi, thank you so much. Um, I, I was calling to kind of briefly share just my experience. Um, I had felt the Lord um, kind of calling me to spend time with Him in front of the Blessed Sacrament. And in all honesty, it was the total opposite of what I would have decided for myself, because as a mm. wife and a mother, especially of a little one, I am I feel like I'm very, very busy. <laughs> and I get called uh, to do a lot of things. People will say, hey, can you help out with this or that? Um, <clears throat> and 
I, in, in my, you know, in, in my decision making, I would just try to do more. Um, but it was such a strong calling, I felt, from the Lord to, to at least try and spend that one hour with him almost daily. And as far as I'm concerned, miraculously, um, I saw that he cleared my schedule. Like he let me see where um, that time was available. And um, my day just goes so much better when after I've spent time with him because I get to see what's important, what's really important and what isn't. And so it's been twofold, spending that time and developing my relationship with Christ and and also to calm my mind to be able to see what's necessary and, and what isn't. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's that's a beautiful example, I think, as you said, of two things. One, that God never calls us to something that we're incapable of doing. So, you know, as you said, if you felt that draw towards uh, towards a holy hour of Eucharistic adoration, and then you think, gosh, is that going to fit into my schedule? Well, of course, God will help make it work. If he's calling you to it, he's going to make it possible. And as you said, if it didn't seem like something that, that was going to be helpful or that you, but just trusting and doing it, 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 can remind us that God knows us better than we know ourselves and he knows what we need better than we know what we need. And then so often when we just trust him and do something like that, the fruits of it, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's one of those things that we think, gosh, I should have just listened to a long time ago. This is so much better, you know, that I'm able to, to partake in that. So that's a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. It's a fantastic point, Annette, and I really like that you said that this wouldn't have necessarily been what I would have chosen for myself, but this is what I felt the Lord was calling me to do, and so I responded. You responded in faith, and it's been such a blessing. What a great call, Annette. Thank you so much for for calling in and giving us that insight. And Father, it leads me right into a question I was hoping to ask of you anyway, which was about our desires or our, our perspectives of looking at things. You know, Jesus gives us this promise in John chapter 13. He says, "If you in my, in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. Well, I'm betting that a lot of us have had the opportunity to try that out and see it kind of fall flat on its face because we, uh, we've asked for something and we tag on that in Jesus' name, amen, at the end of our prayer and uh, don't see it happen. But uh, what about our desires, though? I mean, can we trust them? Are they are they legitimately leading us towards God will, God's will, or do they sometimes lead us away? You know, that's a, that's just the thing. I think our desires it can be either way. Obviously, you know that we we would hope that we would desire to do God's will, and that should be you know that should be as Christians what we desire above all else. But we certainly have desires and wants, and you know things that draw us that, you know, that, and it's different for everybody that, that might not be exactly as it is that, you know, that we feel like it should, or even exactly what God's will is. But the reality is, is that if there's one thing that we do as Christians, it's, it's that we, we put our desires and our wants second to God's. I mean, I think that's the whole idea of submitting our will to God's will. Um, and it's, you know, to, so also to know that if our desire is to be joyful and happy, even if we think it's going to happen in one way, like you said, we have a very specific thing that we want or that we think will help us. God knows better than we do. You know, that's why in the Our Father, we say thy will be done, not my will be done, because we yeah. believe that that he knows it better than we do. So I think, you know, if we 
when it comes to our desires or even more carnally our appetites, there are times where we have to subvert those desires to God's will, trusting that we will actually in the end be happier because we did so. Um, it's not to say that all, all of our desires are bad, you know, and, and many times what we desire, communion, fellowship, joy, all those things is also what God desires. It's just that as human beings, we often have a hard time fully understanding how that's going to come about. But God does not have a hard time with that. And so what he wants above all is to show us that. And and, and very often it's, it looks very different than what we would have imagined, just right. like the last caller said. Yeah, right, right. And I I think one of the things that... Uh, I mean, it's what I hear you saying, Father, is that we don't we don't necessarily have to mistrust every desire that we have, especially if we're seeking to be faithful followers of Christ, right? I mean, I think there's that. Right. But at the same time, um, maybe we can even have the opportunity to pray something along the lines of, you know, Lord, lead me by desire, right? There, there's take my desires and form them into a place that would lead me into your will. Exactly. In fact, yeah. I'm always a big proponent of being specific in prayer or simply just, Lord, help me desire to do your will every day. You know, there you go. Yes. Make exactly. that my my greatest want. And so I think that's something that we can develop and grow in as well. OK, well, one of the things that you mentioned, Father, there as you were responding to the to the previous question is that, OK, so we say thy will be done in the Our Father, not my will be done, which is very true. And one of the things that we need to be cognizant of every time we're praying the Our Father. But what about the guy who taught us that prayer? Because uh, he had two wills, right? He had a divine will and a human will. I'm talking, yeah, of course, about Jesus. What about the two wills of Christ? I mean, where, where does that come in? You know, this is an interesting because it's kind of a technical theological concept, and it goes all the way back to the early church. And the you know these early ecumenical councils grappled with this because we, it, it, you know, if we talk about the person of Christ, he's a divine person. He's fully divine. He's fully human. What does that mean as far as does he only have God's divine will? Did he have a human will? And the you know after the incarnation in the church at these early councils, especially in Chalcedon and I think Third Constantinople, very clearly said Christ had two wills within him, which makes him unique, you know, but because he has a human will and a divine will. So that might sound like, you know, sort of a dry theological technical issue, but what it really shows us, what it leads us towards is something very profound because Christ submits his human will to God's divine will. And it wasn't even that his human will was sinful. It wasn't. It wasn't affected by sin. But even in Christ, he had to submit his will to God's. And I think most fully we see that in the Garden of Gethsemane when he says, yes. not my will, but, but, but God, but your will be done, Father. Because obviously his human will was self-preservation, was not to die. The divine will was leading him towards the cross for the, you know, for the greater good. Those two wills were perfectly in harmony and united in him. But it still shows us the way of submitting our will to God's, which brings about the greater good, you know, which takes mm -hmm. effort. And, it, you know, it takes it, it's a selfless act and it's something that takes grace, but it always brings about something better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's a that's a poignant picture of uh, of the human will being submitted to the divine will um, in the person of Jesus, but it's a great model for us as humans to uh, submit our human will to the divine will there in the Garden of Gethsemane. That analogy comes to us from our spiritual director, Father Tim, which is scholar. We're talking about doing God's will. If you have a question about whether 
this way or that way is God's will, or if you'd like to share how you have discerned the will of God in your life, how God has revealed that to you, and what your response has been, give us a call at 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149, or send us an email, life at relevantradio.com. Well, Father, um, I'm another aspect of discernment, knowing God's will and then being able to do it, I think it's a help in both knowing and doing God's will, is the community that God has placed us in. Maybe speak a little bit about um, family, friends, parish community, fellow believers, other members of the mystical body of Christ, all of these things, how, they, how the community that we, are, we find ourselves within, how that helps us to know God's will and also to do God's will. Well, sure. So I think first thing to realize is, you know, 99.9% of the time, how is it that God reaches out to us? How is it that God interacts with us? It's mediated through something else. His grace is mediated through sacraments. His, his, you know, his charity is mediated through our charity, all those. So the, the same is true for us, you know, that the community that we are in, the, our parish, our family, our friends, of course, as human beings, we can get in the way of that. But if, but in, so many times God reaches out to us or even calls us to something through someone else. I mean, I think of myself, but the first time I ever thought of being a priest was when another person from my parish said something to the effect of, have you ever thought about being a priest? I think you should think about that. It wasn't like I heard, you know, God from the clouds saying that, but I really do believe that was him directing me towards his will through the sure. people that he put in my life. Yeah. Um, you know, just like it, it can work both ways. Of course we can have bad influences, but as far as those, you know, in a, especially in a community trying to grow together towards Christ, like a, you know, a family unit, a parish unit, you know, to, to realize that it's not just, it's not just about me and God, you know, that the whole, that, that, that the whole picture is there together. Um, and that works as well for, you know, from the church, you know, when we hear preaching on Sundays, you know, to try and believe that if something strikes us, that, that God was reaching out to us through that homily or, if we saw someone in need and it really just stuck with us and sort of bugged us and we kept thinking about it and thinking about it to realize that God was that God was reaching out through the need of this other person to move us towards, you know, towards some charity or towards something like that mm-hmm. is probably the most common way that it happens. In fact, I think that's yeah, that's the main means by which God interacts with us. So I think that there's at least one encouragement there for for all of us to be attentive to what people are saying to us. Okay, and a second one, too, that comes to mind is that we also need to be ready to be that vehicle for other people, right? I mean, if God is prompting us to say, hey, have you ever thought of being a priest? Now, I know we don't want to we don't want to blanket or I, I've heard from plenty of priests. You don't want to just keep flooding people, <laughs> flooding men with this uh, with this particular, you know, have sure, you ever thought yeah. about being a priest? But at the same time, it um, when we're feeling that nudge, we we should probably say yes to that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I agree. I think sometimes it's, you know, to put it in, to put it in more modern terms, listen to your gut. You know, I mean, if you feel like if you feel yourself compelled towards something and, you know, you that, you know, that, you know, that it's not contrary to something that, you know, that is yeah, that we're sure. you know, of God's will, then it's a good indication of, you know, just to have the courage and fortitude to do that, you know, just, you know, to that can come in when it, you know, when it comes to encouraging people, even sometimes calling people to task or reminding people of their own obligations towards things or, you know, and certainly, I I mean, I think an obvious example is parents to their children. We, we get to, we get to cooperate with God when it comes to rearing children and and parents have a very direct role that, you know, that it's, you know, they, 
they call their children to thing. They remind their children of thing. And in, and in many ways, that's also God forming those children through the parents. Yeah. If, you know, if they allow it to. So it's, yeah. So we should never be afraid to, to be God's hands, even as mouthpiece here on earth. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things too, about the community helping us to not only know, but to do God's will, you mentioned courage again, Father, and that it does take courage to do the will of God, even in some of the small things, but certainly in the large things, in the larger scale things, in a state of life vocation type of doing God's will, that sort of thing, that takes courage. And we can find courage uh, modeled for us and even given us by other members of the community as well, right? Exactly. Yes. You know, those that we know, those that we know of, the you know, the stories of the saints, the stories of people that we admire and the all those sort of things. I think every, you know, it, it's hard to find, it's hard to find someone who, as they grow up, especially it, if they live the Christian life, who, who don't, you know, who don't speak about a mentor or, or someone whose example they admired and followed. Cause again, I think that's God created us as a, you know, as a, as creatures that need community mm-hmm. and, you know, that need each other. And so, and we are, the body of Christ is, you know, is a communal aspect of, of how we interact with, you know, of, of how we receive grace and salvation and how we of course also do as well. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Speaking with our spiritual director, Father Tim was just called Father Tim is helping us understanding doing God's will. So if you have a question about doing God's will that you'd like to ask, give us a call at 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Send us an email, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com, or tell us how you have responded to a way in which God was leading you. Did you respond with faith? Did you respond maybe a little bit tentatively? Uh, maybe you just flat out didn't do it. And what were the consequences of that? We'd love to hear from you, 888-914-9149. And I think that's one of the things that I want to get into, Father. But I tell you what, I think we'll take our break first because I think this is going to be a little bit longer conversation because I think it hits all of us from time to time, if not regularly, what if we don't want to do God's will? So I'll set it up before the break here. But again, inviting our listeners to call in at 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Our email address is relevantradio.com. We're going to go into our next break, but we'll come back with more of the conversation with our spiritual director, Father Tim Wichiscala, pastor of St. Mark the Evangelist Catholic Church in Indianapolis, Indiana, right after this. Stay with us. Thanks to our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers. UD's rigorous liberal arts education forms the mind and nourishes the soul to produce graduates who renew our culture. Find out more and access a free guide on choosing a college at relevantradio.com slash udallas. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. I'm your host, Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, who's putting together our show today as producer, and Thomas Engeser, who is on the phones for us. And I uh, just want to remind you, too, that uh, over at relevantradio.com slash encounter, you can view the latest Eucharistic encounter video from Father Rocky. You know what can do more things than a lot of money? 
a lot of faith, and he's got the story to prove it. Just head on over to relevantradio.com slash encounter to hear the latest Eucharistic encounter video from Father Rocky. You can also check out our travel packages for the Eucharistic Congress coming up next year, July of 2024, right there in Indianapolis, which is where our spiritual director, Father Tim Wichiscala, is from. Father Tim, are you going to plan to be at the Congress yourself since it's right in your backyard? Oh, I sure will. Our parish is hosting pilgrims. We have, it's going to be a great, a great week here in Indy. So we're very, very excited. Fantastic. Well, I'm hoping that we can meet each other face to face and have a great conversation then and there as well. Right. Yeah. About 100,000 other people to meet as well. Yeah, you know, we'll just (laughs) weave our way through the crowd. I'm sure the Lord will lead us together. Uh, It's very good. I like it. Well, uh, we're talking about doing God's will today. If you have a question about doing God's will or an observation, a a testimony about doing God's will, give us a call at 888-914-9149. Let's go back to the phones. Bob is calling in from Chicago. Bob, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling in. Hi, thank you. Um, I was... uh discerning uh i had put myself under the obedience to a spiritual director years ago and i was trying to discern uh something about god's will in my life about maybe giving something up that was dear to me that i thought maybe he was calling me to leave behind and i ran it by my spiritual director and he said no i think uh i think god would be more pleased if you continue to pursue this thing it was actually studying uh you know, literature and the arts, and I was really into it, and I thought maybe I was too into it, like it was a, kind of a false idol And that. He said, no, as long as you're um, putting God first in your life, making your prayer life and spiritual life the first thing, he said, I think it's a good thing to, uh, to pursue uh, something like uh, reading literature and, and uh, studying the arts. And I was really torn because I, I felt God was calling me to give it up, But um, I remember the story of St. Faustina, who Christ told her in a vision to do something that he wanted her to do. And she ran it by her spiritual director, who forbade her to do it. And so she didn't do it. And later Christ appeared to her and uh, told her how pleased he was that she had obeyed her director rather than her own uh, inner voice. And so I decided that I would... uh, continue to study the the arts and literature as long as I kept, really tried and really, truly, sincerely kept God in the first place in my life. And uh, I think God was pleased with that, you know, that I followed the director that I had placed myself under obedience to. Mm. That's a very good, you know, we haven't explicitly mentioned spiritual direction. Right. Yeah. But I think it's a really good point. Yeah. That's a, thank you for, thank you for bringing that up because if, if it's possible for, you know, oftentimes we think of spiritual direction in terms of priests have them and nuns and monks, but really anyone that can have a spiritual director, if, if, you know, if, if you're parish priest or if there's, or if there's people in your diocese that have that, you know, that have that gift and put that out there, I really strongly encourage that for anyone, because as we talked about, discernment is best, you know, it's really best done in the sense of the church and the community. And there's no better way to do it than to be able to, you know, to discern with, with someone else whose purpose is to help you with that, who also themselves have a sense of, of, you know, of God's will for us. And just like you said, sometimes simply talking something out with someone else, you know, to, you know, if we're worried about something or if we're thinking about something that their perspective it's such a concrete way that God can reach out to us and say, 
you know, and, and help us move towards something. And, you yeah. know, so it's spiritual direction is I, I can't, I can't recommend it enough. Not everyone can do it as far as if they can't find one, but I really encourage people if they can to try and have that relationship in your life. And where's the best place to start looking for a spiritual director, Father? Is it with your parish priest? I would say, yeah, start there. And, uh, you know, uh, many parish priests do it themselves, but they're also, most parishes will be able to direct you to resources in your own diocese. Many yeah. dioceses keep lists of people who have, you know, because to be a you know a spiritual director in, in the professional sense is something that there's training involved. There's, you know, there's the practice of it is very is a, a very uh, rich and deep one in our church. So I'd start at the parish, and if they don't have the list, you know, or at least resources, they, they would probably be able to direct you towards the diocese or somewhere that would. Yeah, very good, very good. And, of course, in, in the meantime, it may not be quite as specific as you need in, in honest-to-goodness uh, spiritual direction face-to-face with another human being, but keep listening to Relevant Radio as well. And uh, let's go from Bob. Bob, thank you for the call. Great, great story and great understanding of obedience there in the midst of it, in the face of it, being obedient. That's a, that's what we're talking about when we're talking about doing God's will. Let's go now to Katie calling in from Philadelphia. Katie, good afternoon. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I really enjoy this topic because I went through a long discernment process of whether I should leave my job. Um, I'm a healthcare provider for 40 years. And every day I would walk into into work praying, God, get me through this day, get me through this day. And I just thought, I, I can't do this anymore. The, the demands were so crazy. And I just, I'm, you know, and I end, ended up retiring at the end of August. And, um, I, you know, I felt such a great uh, sense of peace in my life. I was able to join a weekly prayer group and um, a, a prayer group that I was already involved in on, on Thursdays, I was able to go instead of virtually, I was able to go in person. And, um, you know, that was once, once a month. And um, I just, you know, every time in the, every once in a while in the back of my mind, I, I said, is this really what God wanted me to do? And I don't know if I discerned what I needed to do or what God wanted me to do. That's a, you know, the, something you said really struck me when you said that you had that profound sense of peace. And I think that's, that right there is a good indicator that it was, that it was both, that it was both what you needed to do and what God wanted for you. Because if, like I said, if we unite ourselves to God's will and we go where he leads, then the fruit of that is, is peace. And, you know, there's a sense of joy, um, which I, you know, which it, I could just tell by listening to you, it sounds like that was the case, you know, that, you know, and it's not to say, like I said, we're never, we, we should never expect to be a hundred percent sure, you know, this is exactly what God was calling me to do. But the indication of that sense of peace and that sense of joy is a really good one that it was indeed, you know, where God was leading you and the fruits of that have shown themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. Katie, thank you for the call and thank you for the question. I think that that's a, it's, it is a good question. I mean, how do I know? How do I know if I've, if I've chosen the will of God or not? And, uh, and I like your response, Father, that, you know, we, we should never expect 100% clarity. But one of the things I have always been encouraged to do is that when we're seeking out, seeking to do God's will is that keep moving, right? Keep exactly. going. Yeah. It's impossible to steer a parked car. Yeah, I don't know how many times I've heard and said that too. But thank you. Thank you, Katie. Thanks for the call. Well, Father, before the break, I pitched this question and just wanted to set it up a little bit. But uh, it, so here it comes. So what if we just don't flat out don't want to do God's will? What if we understand, we think we understand what God's will is? And it's something that just does not hold an appeal for us. What what do we do in those yeah. types of situations? 
Well, we, we, we first, we welcome ourselves to the human race and to, to that, <laughs> that, that, to that, that little thing that we call concupiscence as it is, you know, our, you know, ever since the beginning, ever since the fall, we have a, there's, there's a sort of conflict at times between our will and God's will. And especially between, you know, as we talked about what we desire and, you know, there are times where what God is calling us to is calling us outside of that to something greater, to something more. So I think, first of all, it's it's important to acknowledge that it's, you know, if that if we really feel like we're being called towards something, and I think even this is day to day, but think of the big pictures in our vocation or whatever it is, and we have a resistance to that internally, it's really something to be, to pray about, to discern, and it, it, especially with the spiritual director, if possible, is this just an instance in which I need to subvert my will to God's, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, we can talk about it, you know, more obviously when it comes to sin, if there are, th- you know, things sure. that we need, that we know we need to move beyond. So, <laughs> yeah, think of the famous St. Augustine, you know, grant me purity, but not yet. But that, not that yet, sort of right. Thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, we know where we need to be, but we just, you know, that our, our you know, our sinfulness holds us back. But also, I think even beyond that, there are times where what we want to do is not sinful, but God's calling us to something different, which is, you know, for us is going to be better and for us is going to be maybe more scary, maybe more difficult. I really think it's, we will, we will never do wrong by ourselves if we follow where God's leading anyways, even if it seems frightening, even if we don't think we have the gifts, even if we think that it's not going to work well with us, like that one caller said earlier, it's so often the case that we're like, man, I should have just listened. You know, it's, yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, think of the story when St. Peter has been fishing all night and Jesus says, why don't you th- put the net right there? And he says, you know, like, are you kidding me? I just did this all night, but all right, it, if you say so, I'll do it. And then he puts yeah. the net in and the boat almost sinks with fish. So all it's, right. we can never, we won't regret it. I think that's, if there's anything I want people to hear, it's that you will not regret doing God's will. Pray for the fortitude, pray for the courage, pray for whatever that might be, but uh, but yeah, that's the that 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 is so often the human struggle is yep. subverting our wills to God's. You will not regret doing God's will. That's a that's an excellent. Uh, I think that's a that's a good summary of the whole show right there, Father. And I exactly, think that's a wonderful encouragement as well. Thank you for that, Father Tim Wichuskala is our spiritual director today, continuing to talk about doing God's will. Let's see if we can squeeze in another call. Liz is calling in from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Liz, we've only got a couple minutes left, so a um, little bit brief would be would be uh, appreciated, but uh, thank you for calling in. Sure. Yeah, thank you, Patrick. Um, yeah, I want to say, first of all, um, thank you that older people do have to discern all the time, and you're right about that, and also that the community is really important. Um, <clears throat> so 30 years ago, I had a dis- situation with a car accident, had a lot of struggles, and... Uh, found out that I was not in the business that I should have been in, so I got into a different business as massage therapy. And I will tell you that time and time again, whenever I'm discerning, God will use the people that I'm working with to actually look me in the face and tell me that they've really been helped by me. And I just am like, okay, God, you really have, like, hit me over the head, just like you said about, you know, Peter fishing all night and you're like I'm not doing anything and then all of a sudden I get this wonderful affirmation from someone and I just I just want to bring that hope to people because it is about the community and it's about looking everyone in the eye and just seeing if who needs help because God put us here to help someone else it's not about what I'm going to get out of it it's about what they're going to get out of it 
Beautiful. Yeah. And take those moments of consolation when you get them and, you know, just sort of give that thanks exactly as you said that God came through and said, look what, look what you were able to do because you followed my will. And he, and I think too, those, those rewards, those consolations from that are something we should always cherish. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Liz, thank you. Thank you for your brevity. That was great. That was concise, but right to the point. Thank you so much for that. And thank you for the, thank you for the encouragement. You were right that we are, as we mentioned before, we are what God chooses primarily to get his will to cross to others as well. And I think, Father, maybe just heading into our last minute or so here before we ask for your blessing, that uh, we just want to, I guess, clarify once again, being open to God's will for our own lives, but also being available to God for him. And even when we're doing his will in our own lives, we have to keep in mind that that's not just for us, right? I mean, when we say yes to doing God's will, he's going to work through that to help his will be done in a wider way sphere of influence as it were around us correct right it's you know it's never just about us it's always about building up the body of christ which we're a part of and which we contribute to especially when we do his will yeah Mm -hmm. and one of the things yeah one of the things that uh, we've we've mentioned i think at least alluded to so many times is that uh that this is always done in relationship with the lord so foundationally when we're looking to do the will of god i mean i think one of the things that we have to stress is that that's always opening up maintaining and growing in the the links of communication with the lord through prayer right exactly through prayer and discernment yeah mm-hmm. you know there's just a quick plug for a book i just recently read on discernment Please. and doing god's will it's a book called pray decide and don't worry in five uh-huh. steps to discerning god's will it's it's through ascension press uh, i think bobby and jackie angel with father mike schmitz put it out and i it's an excellent if people like to read and you know like to to gain insight that way it's a wonderful sort of quick summary on how we discern god's will as catholics Okay, perfect. Well, I think what we'll do is we'll have Nick put that in the show notes for the show today as well, and uh, we'll make sure that people know how they can get a hold of that book as well. And I think uh, just one of the things that just in closing here that I've uh, frequently been just amazed by is this is a from St. John Paul II in Christi Fidelis Leci that says that the fundamental objection, or fun, excuse me, not objection, objective of the formation of the lay faithful is an ever clear discovery of one's vocation, uh, ever clear discovery of what, what God is asking us to do. So doing God's will, understanding the vocation that God is, the calling that he's putting upon us is not something as... Um, as we just heard from Liz, that that's uh, it's not something that we do just when we're young, but it's something that continues all the way as long as we draw breath uh, upon this in this in this life. Yeah, every day of your life, embrace the adventure of doing God's will. I always tell people <laughs> that it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Father, you are you've got the phrases. Yeah, you will not regret. You'll never regret doing God's will and embrace the adventure of doing God's will. I love it. I love it. Well, Father, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for your insights you. and your reflections. As you know, we always like to close with a blessing. May we have a blessing from you, please, Father. Please, yes. May Almighty God be with you, and may Almighty God continue to guide you as you discern to do His will in your life. May He work through you to enrich His church. And may Almighty God bless you all in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. That's Father Tim Wichoskala. He's been our our spiritual director today here on the program. 
If you'd like to listen again to any part of the program or share it with others who maybe they're struggling to do God's will, head on over to relevantradio.com slash inner life where you can find a link to this and all of our past shows right there and share those with others so that they can benefit from the spiritual direction that we're giving here daily as well. Coming up next is the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Our celebrant today, Father Rich Getchell, is back with us, so stay tuned for that. And then a little Faith Explained after that with Kale Clark. Tomorrow, greed. Join us for that. Grace and peace.